Welcome to the ProCom Podcast, hosted by Paul Vogels, with expert guest interviews, case study reviews, and insightful discussion topics. The ProCom Podcast leads the Project Controls conversation. Hello, welcome back everybody to the ProCom Podcast. A next episode, and as you all know, we have three different teams, use cases, educational tracks and the software specials and in episode number five a couple of weeks ago you have seen safran on their risk tooling and additional tooling they have developed but of course a tool is not alone it's people it's processes it's tools and Procom podcast leading the project controls conversation is also about the processes and the people and today I'm having Michel Molinar, one of the senior project controls consultants at PrimaNet and also one of the teachers in risk uh, management and probabilistic planning as a guest. Michel, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Paul. Great to be here. Thank you very yeah. much. So Michel, uh, educated in a business administration, have a big IT background, yeah. More than 20 years in the in the profession. Eh? You all know we believe project controls is a profession. So and more than 20 years in this beautiful profession. Um, you are one of the risk experts, I think, or the risk specialist or enthusiastics within Primanet. Um, uh, and we are going to discuss one of the blogs we have posted also at, uh, at the Primanet uh, uh, website. How project controls can reduce risk and project risk and project cost and improve your project planning, uh, for example, with help to win more tenders. So thanks again, Michel. Yeah. Um, uh, first time in this studio, but I think this is not the first time in a studio, Michel. No, for me, it's not. To me, it's not. Uh, as an amateur musician, I tend to uh, yeah to record myself playing and then along with some singers, uh, uh, of course, also performing. So, yeah, uh, a studio environment is not really that new for me. But yeah. even then, uh, first time... Uh, uh, doing a podcast, so okay. that's that's a new thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's great to hear. Yeah. Um, uh, and I, uh, we've been discussing this earlier. Huh? It's uh, it's one of your enthusiastic things you like. Uh, but on the other hand, scheduling and risk is as well. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about the way at uh, twenty twenty five years in the in the profession, how? risk got into the profession and how it evolved because huh, at the end we all started with scheduling but how it came into play yeah if i uh, if i wind back the, the the course of time to uh, let's say 10 15 years ago uh, we in the netherlands had a very large project which is the beta route uh, which is a large infrastructure uh, project where uh, in which we uh, had to complete a railway line from one point to the other in, yep. in across the Netherlands. Yeah, from um, Rotterdam into the German Ruhrgebiet. Uh, Ruhrgebiet, uh, indeed. Um, and and that was one of the first projects in which, yeah, we we delved into the risk analysis part. So, uh, um, yeah, identifying potential events that might happen and what kind of impact those would have on the schedule. So uh, that was, the, let's say, 10, 15 years ago or something. Yep. Um, and, and after that, we, yeah, we saw that there was a real incentive um, yeah, to, to create more, uh, more feasible schedules uh, and, and 
create more risk awareness. So there's a lot of companies that uh, that yeah really dove into that uh, niche market of uh, project controls. That's that was uh, by yeah. then. And who so. was the driver back then? Eh? Because if we look right now, eh? Rijkswaterstaat, eh? the the waterway of um, eh? the the exec- executive agency of infrastructure and water yeah. management, yeah. responsible for all the waterways and public um, uh, works in in the Netherlands, is a big scheduling and risk uh, 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 fanatic as well. Eh? They are driving this. Yeah. Was this also for the Betuwerkoeter, for example? Did they uh, ask this, or was it just something? we as uh, project controls enthusiasts liked no i, I do think that they yeah they, they wanted to have more uh, insight or get a more feasible uh, dates uh, scheduling dates so yep. I, d- i do believe that they asked for these kind of simulations uh, and nowadays it's pretty it's standard uh, yep. it's a standard thing that that all projects need to comply with uh, yep. just to uh, get more awareness of risks within a project uh, but also um, have an idea of the stakeholder management along with it yeah yeah because if you look at the theoretical part eh, everybody is familiar with time scope and a uh, cost budget yeah. um eh, if you look at the five pmi knowledge areas resources and risk are new uh, knowledge areas yeah um can you can you explain in in five sentences why risk management helps uh, to to perform a schedule or to to make it more feasible for example um yeah I, if you look at the scheduling the time factor um, you do get more insights into estimations uh, to get more feasible schedules uh, uh, people become more risk aware so yeah the estimation part of what uh, uh, how long a certain activity takes uh, yep. you can say it, okay it's it's uh, minimum it's maximum or it's most likely uh, So just asking this question first, yeah, that gets the, uh, the people uh, really start thinking about it. Yeah, they that's, start that's to discuss this. That's a new thing, yeah, for yeah. some So they start to discuss huh, yeah. what if this happens, what's the impact on, yeah. on the estimate or on the, on the duration or et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but it's relatively new, huh? 10, 15 years yeah. ago. I think Beethoven is early 2000. Um, It's a relatively new project controls in, in by standard yeah. is a relatively new uh, profession. Um, so people need to grow into this. Eh? Is this something you see as well in the in the market? Eh? Are more organizations becoming more aware of risk management? Oh, I believe so because it's it's not only the uh, analysis part and getting more. Uh, acquainted with the feasibility of the schedule, but it, it's also identifying risks. Uh, what is are our potential dangers to the project, or are we being influenced by uh, external factors as well? Yep. So it's it's raising the awareness uh, um, uh, among the the entire project team. Yeah. So is it, it always the external? Uh, because uh, if we, uh, we do a lot of infrastructure projects in the in the Netherlands, uh, that's where we are familiar yeah. and and, and yeah. famous for. Um, Everybody knows that if it rains, it takes longer to, to pour concrete or whatever. But is it always external factors or are there also internal processes? Oh, it's certainly a lot of internal things as well. It's, it's communication, it's, it's uh, estimation, it's, it's scoping itself. Uh, yeah. um, so it's, it's a lot of internal stuff as well. Yeah. Uh, I always say if I, if I, if I look at your, your training sessions, for example, everybody 
overestimates their uh, uh, capabilities. There's a constant biasing, yeah, yeah. going on. Okay, yeah. okay. And awareness, eh? if we look at, well, back to infrastructure projects or co- uh, uh, construction projects, um, we are... We need to tender. Hey, it's an open mm-hmm. public and private uh, projects are more and more uh, uh, happening at the moment. Eh? There is a need for new roads, new buildings, etc. Um, in the Netherlands, but also more in the European and, and in, I think internationally, we're talking more about meet eh? most economically advantageous uh, tendering. Eh? Yeah. So it's not who's the cheapest, who's the fastest, mm-hmm. who gives back the most to the local people to the environment uh, don't uh, don't yeah, get real abroad people in in the municipalities etc um then it's a must have because otherwise it's well guessing uh, guessing in the dark it's guessing in the dark but it's it's really focusing on uh, uh risks is part of the the uh, the initial thing uh, of, of completing the project yep. but it's also thinking about the entire life cycle of a uh, for instance an asset you're building yeah um, so what are the, the potential risks over there from an external perspective uh, looking at all stakeholders yeah so does it really meet the end goal of a project yep. so not only the, uh, the the fixed scope that you're complying to to achieve but it's 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 the long-term goal. Yeah. And with the new contracts, because I think uh, um, we are more getting into DBFM contracts, design, build, finance, and maintain. So it's not just building and delivering an asset, but also maintaining it and even financing it. Then a, a risk now can be bigger later or a risk which is not present in the first year, but but with with corrosion or with with maintenance, it's there on ten years. That's also yeah. something you need to take into account. You take into account. Uh, you need to, uh, yeah, um, uh, think about discount rates, uh, internal rate of returns, net present value calculations. Yeah. Uh, but really simulating that in the long term goal. Yeah. So that's that's something that yeah. you have to take in mind. Yeah. yeah. This means it's not that eh, we we have been talking about scheduling risk analysis. Yeah. It's also about cost risk yeah. analysis, taking what is the impact in money, for example. Yeah, that's a fun thing. Yeah, um, we as uh, as a project controls organization have been long time associated with the scheduling and planning yeah. part. Yeah, uh, but there are other organizations as well that that have been yeah really looking into the costs analysis part. And the fun thing is, if you look at these two worlds, schedule risk analysis and cost risk analysis, we're doing basically the same thing, uh, using some kind of different metrics. And and for one, it's a euro. For us, it's an hour. uh, But it's the same kind of simulations. And the really fun part is, if you intertwine those things, if you do an integral uh, risk analysis, uh, then you'll see that the, the... outcome of these both uh, so is, is it on budget uh, with and on time yep. yeah and the chances are even lower yeah uh, because it's uh, more difficult it, it's more difficult and there's a sheer a real correlation between that and that's yep. something you need to manage as well fun thing is that yeah um, a lot of uh, projects do these separately right mm-hmm. now but we do see a trend yep. that the identification part already has those two intertwined with one yep. another um, and uh, yeah, companies are asking us, "Hey, can you do both in the same tool set?" Yep. Uh, as a uh, as a simulation. As a simulation. Yeah. So they're going. I read um, I read an uh, an interview. It was a, it was a keynote that that uh, a big difference, for example, in kind of projects. The Olympics 
are always on time, never in budget. Commercial projects are never on time, but most of the time within budget because that's where they make the money. Is the kind of project so influencing on on how the approach is from scheduling oh, yeah. our cost? Oh, very much. Uh, we see a lot of categories of projects. Uh, if, yep. if there's a project with a huge uh, investment cost, yep. uh, then a company would really like to have uh, enough uh, information to make really important uh, risk-based decisions. Yep. If it's uh, a, a, sl- uh, uh, a low-cost project, yeah, you're not going to do all these different simulated yep. analysis. Uh, just sheer risk indexing yep. is probably enough. Yeah, so because there's a trade-off somewhere. Yeah, yeah. maybe it's more costly to investigate yeah. than to take the risk, yeah. for example. Yeah. Okay, in the tender phase, we talked about does risk help to to calculate the price eh? does it make the feasibility more predictive eh? because at the end the tender is also about economic value and yeah. you can you can transfer time into euros at the end eh? because if we ne- if we need to take a road out of operabil- operability for example it costs money to the yeah. to the to the dutch uh, always uh, a penalty clause. there's a penalty clause there's a gain clause etc thus can we say that in the tender phase it helps you to see if it's a possibility within time, scope, and money at the end, and within the execution, it's more about okay, we set the we set the block, we set the the, the, the parameters, and now we are going to control them or see what impact or what actions do we need to take to keep to keep the ship on course. Yeah, uh, um, there's a big difference indeed between uh, the initial tendering is is creating all risk, identifying all yep. risk, and and. Uh, hopefully getting a contract awarded. That's uh, important. So that's, that's most important, number one, from yep. a contractor's perspective. But an owner's perspective says, yeah, I want to have a contractor that is able to execute this uh, and be aware of his his, his or her risks. Yep. Uh, during the control cycle of a project, yeah, well, you'll see that there's a, a fixed, there's a budget. And the budget is usually sliced up in yeah, uh, an estimated element, mm-hmm. uh, like this This is something we already foreseen. Yep. We also see that we have a reserve for when something goes wrong. Yep, which uh, was not expected. It was unexpected. Uh, so unexpected events, yeah, they have to be paid out of some sort of budget. Yep. Um, and that, yeah, reserved... Uh, amount of money, mm-hmm. money, and but also time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not only, as we say it in our jargon, contingency. And yep. Contingency, and not not only from a budget perspective, cost perspective, but also from a schedule perspective. Um, yeah, that reserve. Uh, yeah, that needs to be. Yeah, uh, 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 re-estimated, re-analyzed, yep. and yeah, sometimes even returned to uh, the organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, to uh, uh, to go uh, to uh, invest in other projects, for instance, yep. or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Hey, you said jargon. Eh? I think that's 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 completely yeah. right. I hear a lot of terms for eh, what what maybe the untrained eye sees as the same: management reserve, contingency, sandbagging. Uh, uh, I I only give eighty percent of the budget because then I know I'll I need to spend one hundred. Um, there's a lot of theoretical approach to it there's a lot of practical approach to it um do you see do you see the 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 confusion in well this is an expected delay and this is something well we didn't expect at all uh, so why does it need to come out of another budget for example 
Um, yeah, there, there seems you've got foreseen things, uh, yep. things you might have foreseen, but you've, you've also got the uh, knowns and known unknowns. Uh, yep. So things that uh, have a very low likelihood of happening. Yep. Uh, and, and if they occur, yeah. So it's good to, to educate yeah. one, and another, one and another to talk about it, yeah. for example. And I think one of the things you always mention is the risk management session. Eh? Because if you look at how tenders and projects are being estimated, there's a qualitative part about risk management. Yeah. There's a quantitative part. But first, we need to determine what are the possibilities, what are the chances, what are the risks, etc. Yeah. That's one of the few yeah. moments people are together. Yeah, that's that's what what I see is that I, I, I led a lot of risk identification and evaluation sessions. And yep. that's the first one is always a, an eye-opener for a lot of people because, yeah, uh, it's, it's some... some one specific day that is reserved, and all participants of the of the uh, within the project within all disciplines are invited that first day, and then yep. yeah, we have to talk about risks and dangers, etc. Yep. And they're always very reluctant to go because it, it's it's an entire day, and yeah, I've got so many other things to yep. do. What kind of value would that add? And at the end, it's of boring. The, it's boring. And <laughs> at the end of the day, when they leave, they said, "Huh." Oh, Oh, it's a good thing we all sort of sat along with each other and talked about the project. And yep. I didn't know that you had the same kind of issues. And oh, you can help me with this. Yep. So it's the risk identification sessions is also, yeah, uh, uh, a part of uh, adding the communication channels, yep. linking people together. So that's that's one thing. Yep. Um, and it's to raise awareness. It's awareness number one. So, yeah. So the. The first uh, uh, step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. Huh? That's, yep. uh, that's one of my uh, my, my yeah. small lines Memes. I use all the, uh, a lot of times. So that, that's one. Um, but that's just identification. Yep. But identification must be led by a risk manager. Because it's a, it's a process in which you need to be guided in. People need to learn how to... Uh, uh, think about a risk. They need to learn how to raise a risk statement. Yep. Uh, so a risk statement is something like uh, if I see or foresee a certain potential event, yep. uh, I, I know. Yeah, I have to know what the likely cause is, uh, what the likelihood is, and the potential impact. And if you can, can, yeah, can, can put that into one sentence. Uh, yep. It's picked up in certain parts. Then you've got the real elements in there so you've got the risk identification yep that's the risk statement yeah. it's it's yeah. it's a it's a large probability yeah. with a low impact or, yeah. or a low probability with a high impact yeah. sometimes can lead to to different yeah. uh, conclusions yeah. but to be sure the risk identification is not a one-time-off thing it's everyone can raise risks during the, the entire project everyone no matter what kind of discipline you are if you see a potential risks or in other words, you can also see a potential opportunity. Yep. Uh, so uh, always identify them, always raise them in the risk register. Yep. I, I think that's a new co a new new trend we are seeing. Eh? Everybody is always talking about risk and, and, and legal stuff and claims and, and, and changes, etc. But what we see in the in the market in the in the um, in the trend is that if you can do better than expected 
you can you can benefit from that. For example, eh? if eh, there's there's always a penalty clause. Eh? If mm-hmm. you don't do what you say you do, then you get a fine. But if you do better than expected, you get a bonus. Eh? That's something. Um, is that the same principle, but then in a positive way, or is it a complete other way of thinking? Uh, it's it's the uh, it's the it's basically the same principle, but it's it, it's uh, it's the other way around. That's yep. what uh, an opportunity is. Um, the thing is, is that uh, uh, when adding or when when estimating things yep. uh, like durations, for instance, or budgets, a lot of people are already thinking about potential opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's something that needs to be uh, that they're already taking into account. Yep. but it's never written down. Uh, so uh, and and when the opportunity does not arise, yeah, you'll see uh, that that it will take longer. Yeah. Uh, so that's a, a risk in itself. Yeah. So, but I, I do see that there's a trend and more of an emphasis on uh, uh, promoting opportunities and and but also and also from a contractual perspective. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because it's incentivized yeah. by the contract uh, by the owner. If you yeah. do better, then then I'll and then I'll uh, provide a bonus for you. Yeah. yeah. You you said. A couple of cents ago, it's an eye-opener. Um, uh, um, if if I do, the, every project is unique, uh, but if I do my 12th turnaround or my 12th road, yeah. why don't I use the old risks I already written down and then say, well, the road is 10, 10% bigger, so the risks are 10% bigger as well. Isn't is it? Is it more complicated than that, or it's a little more complicated? <laughs> and uh, I do think you're not doing it with the exact same project team. No. Nope. Uh, uh, so uh, that's one of the goals: uh, make them more aware of risks. Yeah. Um, and I do see a lot of uh, uh, tools nowadays that are focusing on risk registration. Yeah. Uh, and risk registration, you can use, of course, to make checklists of these. Uh, potential risks that yep. have been identified before, etc. And you can use these risk registers, uh, copy and paste them from from the previous projects. Yep. Yeah, that's one. But it's not going to create the awareness. It's not going to uh, uh, focus the, uh, or emphasize the project team on more communications. And uh, perhaps they're also going to go lazy. Oh, yeah, this yep. is the same list. Yep. Yeah, that's something yep. you don't want. I have the same answer yeah. as my neighbor has, yeah. so, so I'm not... Uh, you need to be unbiased to say, well, it is a new project, it's a new time, maybe it's not the same season, it's not the same underground, etc. There's always differences yeah. uh, you need to look into. You're them. not really triggered to start thinking out of the box yeah. what potential things might go, yeah. uh, might go uh, yeah. wrong. So you need to have the checklist after you did the... Uh, uh, examination of the identification, for example, and say, yeah. did we forget something this time, which which we have seen in a, on a previous project, yeah. for example, yeah. more as, well, let's call it a conscious. Eh? So not, you need to start blank and then say, okay, did I miss something instead of the other way around? Yeah, it, it's just uh, a way of, uh, yeah, uh, firing up the discussion even more or yeah. further or in a long a, a different route yeah. yeah but if I look hey, Procon is about people processes and tools and there are a lot of new tools on the on the market hey, from uh, from from big project controls uh, organizations hey, like Safran and like Oracle and, and PM Web, which are part of this podcast as well yeah benchmarking data warehouses and hey, there is data to be collected to say can I get my estimate better or 
did I forget or overlooked at the risk? How do you look at capturing that data, store it as a as a benchmark? Is that something you see happening in the in the in the future more and more? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, if if we're gonna look at uh, um, yeah, storing all these registers and but. The real thing is, is that we need to register when risks really occurred. Huh? Yep. So that's something that's yeah. a little troublesome yet. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot, a lot of focus on all the um, identifying potentials, but yeah. registering on things that have occurred is a little harder. Uh, but I do see that there's that information is yeah. When you capture that within risk databases and mm-hmm. risk registers, you can really yeah start analyzing these things. Um, and and build up uh, information and and potential uh, potentially um, you have artificial intelligence uh, give you an, an, uh, some sort of a forecast or a potential uh, yep. an analysis and strategies. Yep. Yeah, there are potentials. But what what does this ask from the team from the uh, from the PMO if you want to call it that way or the, the project controls team? What does that? What kind of a guy or a girl do you need in the team to be able to 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 look into into those analytical parts or into this data part, what kind of people do you need in that team? Yeah, that's a fun thing. Is that you've got the uh, a person that's more on the risk management side, which is more f- process and communication and and yep. yeah, uh, let's say a people person. Yep. Uh, and then you've got a the green. Uh, if you're looking yeah, at this, more a green uh, greenish, energy, yellowish. Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, if you look at the the discovery insights or whatever it's called nowadays, a yep. couple of versions from that. Um, so that's more of a uh, yeah people person. Yep. Uh, so supportive and and uh, uh, innovative and and for enthusiasm. And then you've got the the other side, which is more of the analytical and statistical uh, person so that's that's yeah in, we're calling colors blue as dark yep. uh, the bluest as can blue can be yeah um, and that guy that person is really focusing on doing the simulations and and running the analysis um, yeah so that's that's a really different kind of person yeah, yeah. but he he needs to inform us or the the risk analysis needs to inform the project team or the project manager or the risk manager. Hey, if I look at my data uh, and if I look at the models, it can be weather model or whatever, um, I anticipate this is going to happen or, or the likelihood that this is going to happen is, yeah. is going up or going down or etc. Yeah. So he's, he or she is really uh, is focusing on the data. It's yep. only on, on the statistical level and needs to be aware that communication-wise... Uh, um, it's a it's a really black box. Yep. Uh, you as a statistical engineer know what the black box does. Yep. But a lot of people are not going to understand that. You no. need to be very aware of what you communicate and how the communication can be and should be interpreted. Yep. And so uh, a, a nice example of that one is a lot. Uh, a lot of people uh, know the the term P80 or P85. That's a yep. percentile risk. Is like. This is the likelihood of a certain date, uh, the 80% chance de- uh, date that a project should finish, yep. uh, uh, will finish on schedule or from a probabilistic schedule. But most people don't know that it's an 80% likelihood of hitting that date or before. It's yep. just the emphasis on the or before part. Yeah. So it's knowing how to communicate that. Yeah, but that's that's more on expectation management. Eh? So the project team eh, with the manager eh, who is the communicative yeah more this well let's call them the soft 
part of yeah. project management. Yeah. We have the hard skills, the, yeah. the real project controls engineer, the, yeah. or the scheduling engineer, or the risk engineer, etc. They need to think about these are this is the hard data. How are we going to put this into the stakeholder? Because if you say, well, there's 80% chance we're going to make it in time or before, stakeholders might say, okay, that's a little bit low because 20% I'm not going to make it or I'm, I'm over-delivering, etc. So communication and, and analytical part is very, very uh, um, aligned, should be aligned. Should be aligned, uh, but, but should uh, uh, communicate what is expected yeah. and how these figures should be treated. Yeah, yeah. In, in, in the academy, we talk about T-shaped professionals. Eh? You need to understand the concept of scheduling, for example, and you can be an expert in risk, for example. Also, your manager projects should be aware of what, how can risk or scheduling help me? Is, is because they don't need to learn every detail about it. How do you see the understanding of scheduling and risk techniques at the, let's call them the management part of the project, the, the, the manager projects or the uh, manager project controls? Um, do they understand enough of it or can uh, it be better? I think it can be better. Uh, um, I'm not not gonna say that uh, it's it's that, that that they're completely out in the dark and blind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I do see that there's uh, potential for growth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, let's uh, yeah. let's 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 put it uh, nicely in that. Yeah. We talked a little bit about tooling. Um, there's a lot of change in tooling with cloud uh, uh, transactions. Uh, People are going more into cloud, more computing power is available, more data history is available. Also in the process, I think there is a change. I was talking to Richard Wood of um, of Safran and I will be mm-hmm. talking to uh, uh, Russ Buke from Oracle, for example, that uh, they are very strong on risk analysis as well. Yeah. I think those two have a, a very s- strong product on risk analysis on the, on the blue part, on the yeah. statistical part, but they are also moving into the soft part. Eh? Is, it, is it a precondition for a good analy- analytical exposition to to have the qualitative part and track does tools help you with that you need to have some sort of a risk risk register yep. yeah the identification part of, of risks that that needs to be yeah as easy as possible uh, everyone needs to be able to uh, raise a risk uh, and and uh, Put it on a website or yep. put it on uh, on an Excel sheet or whatever. Yeah, uh, I've, I've seen uh, hundreds of different uh, types yep. of, uh, of of identification tools. Are people but resilient to to raise a risk? Um, because they are trying at, to help at, their at, boss. At, at first, yeah, but it's it's that that's the barrier that that's, uh, that governance thing is is yeah that's that's lowering. So people are more eager to uh, raise risks or, or uh, make people other people aware so it, it's it's lessening yeah so. is that is that a dutch thing or is that an international an european or an international thing because dutch are very direct eh? i we can everybody can talk to everybody i can talk to the ceo of a company say well i see your risk it could be a cultural thing i could be yeah i'm, I'm not not experienced enough to know within the international part yeah, so, yeah. if you look at, at international um, in the international aspects, eh? the US is very famous about their claim culture. Yeah. Eh? If, if, if I always say the joke, if I put the dog into the microwave to dry it and it's not in the manual, I will put a claim at the, at the uh, uh, microwave manufacturer that they didn't put it in, into the manual. 
if you look at Europe, I think um, with Rijkswaterstaat, for example, being a big driver about probabilistic planning, we should be very high in the awareness ladder in the European continent. Um, I think the Dutch culture, the, the Netherlands, really, really are... Uh, in the lead regarding scheduling risk analysis at first, uh, that's yep. because that's a thing that I've been uh, I've been uh, dealing with a couple of uh, for the past ten years. Yeah, uh, I think we're in the lead for that. Yeah, certainly. But uh, as we are Dutch, we're not really shouting that from the rooftops. Huh? No, uh, we're very modest, of very course. Modest, but that's huh? that's why we have this yeah. podcast we, to say. Well, we're we're great, but we're also very small. Yeah, yeah. And that, that may be one of the uh, the elements, sir, because we are just with 17 million people, slow, small area. So hey, we're the ideal uh, environment to uh, to uh, experiment these things with, and, and uh, so that's why uh, I think the Dutch uh, the Dutch way of working regarding risk management, risk analysis, uh, yeah, it's yeah. Not, uh, is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think as a, as a conclusion, uh, we might say, okay, uh, there is uh, the the appetite for risk should be bigger or to talk about it eh? the awareness should be should be raised uh, uh, of course mm-hmm. are there um, are there specific organizations or type of organizations where we where we can learn from eh? is there at the top of that without any any references but can you see an organization where you say well I I assume and I know what assume means it makes an ass of you and me uh, but I assume yeah. in this type of organization risk analysis is very high promoted i have the idea and i've seen some some uh, letters and some articles as well from an international perspective that uh, for instance uh, an organization like the nasa institute yep. or uh, asa a european space agency yep. they are in the wave they're really in the in the lead for these types of things the thing is is that um, i've seen uh, certain graphs as well that that really also made me more aware of like, hey, I can communicate this in another way as well, like yep. budgeting or risks. Uh, so, uh, but it's it's they're scientific guys. Yeah, they calculate they everything. Calculate they calculate everything the lunch. And, and it's it's yeah, it's in their brains constantly. Yep. Uh, so the the even the, let's say the leaders, uh, so the, the the managers all have a. Most of them probably have yep. some sort of a scientific and bluish background. Yeah, and probably because it's hard to fix a risk. If 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 a cubic meter of sand is in position right, it's easy to move. But if 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 there's something on the moon and you need to fix something, it takes a while. Yeah, and so the the impact is very high in that yeah. case. So uh, feasibility and insurance has to be way up there. Yeah, uh, so literally. Uh, so <laughs> I think we uh, we we start this uh, this uh, block uh, with, uh, according to a recent survey, ninety three percent of the project planners believe that project controls are important. I think yeah, we can state after thirty minutes, um, being more aware is the first step, yeah. and then being more proficient in this. Our second and third steps to grow even as Dutch even in this day, uh, in this uh, maturity oh, ladder. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much, Michel. Um, everybody who is listening, thank you very much as well. Please subscribe to the ProCon podcast website eh, where you are triggered when there is a new podcast live. Uh, you also can subscribe to the to the basic platforms: Google, Spotify, Apple, etc. Uh, keep in touch. If you have a real great project to talk about. 
please uh, uh, send me an email at podcast at primanet.com. Uh, we're more than happy to have real use cases on this uh, discussion in the studio via Zoom, or we can even move to you. If you have a great place to be, we can move the studio to you. We're very interested in new use cases. Um, please keep listening. Thank you very much. Much. Michel Molenaar, a senior project consultant at uh, PrimaNet and a teacher in uh, probabilistic planning and risk management. Thank you very much and talk to you the next time. Thanks for listening to the Procom podcast. To listen and watch more episodes, you can subscribe and access the resources mentioned in this episode by visiting proconpodcast.com. We look forward to seeing you on our next episode, where we will continue to lead the project controls conversation. The Procom podcast and the associated resources is published under copyright to Primaned. All rights reserved, no reproduction of this content is permitted.